Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode of Limb Light Outdoors. On the mic with you. It's Saturday. It's story time with Buster. We are um, rocking along into Rick Joyner's The Epic Battles of the Last Days. We started a new chapter called The Stronghold of Illegitimate Authority. I'm going to finish that chapter. It won't, shouldn't take us too long. Uh, just a lot of good material here. I want you to take the time to chew on this. If necessary, go back and listen to it again. Really get the gist of what's being spoken here. I believe it's some great teaching, great revelation that we need to take to heart today and put it into action in our lifestyles today. Amen. So again, picking up where we left off in the stronghold of illegitimate authority, good intentions. Many Christian journalists entered the field with the intention of trying to provide an alternative source of information for the, to the secular media. The church is called to be the pillar and support of the truth. However, the accuracy and the level of reporting in a Christian journalism has not been proven to be any higher than in the secular journalism. It only has been more spiritual slant to it. The investigative reporting done by Christian journalists on the events that I have personally witnessed or about people that I know has been shockingly dishonest and untrue. Some were so prone to the use of gossip, hearsay, and even apparent imagination that they could rival some of the grocery counter tabloids. Truth is, our most precious commodity, and, and we cannot continue to allow it to be compromised in this way, or we will receive the judgment that is promised for such deception. Those who have been influenced by the humanistic philosophy of journalism may think they are, we are shallow, blind, or duped if we do not expose the wrongs of others when we write about them. Even so, it is much better to be ridiculed by men than for God to think of us as a stumbling block. The world's methods for seeking truth are very different from the way that we are going to find real truth, which is only found in Jesus and can only be found when we are being led by the Holy Spirit. Secular schools may be able to teach us something about the mechanics of writing or the needed technical knowledge of other media tools, but it is the philosophy that they sow into their students that has been devastating when incorporated into Christian media. Judgment on Journalism Christian television ministries have come under severe judgment in the last few years. Television has given some persons vastly more influence in the church than God had given to them. Whenever we move beyond the sphere of authority that has been appointed to us by God, we have moved beyond grace, and we are bound to fall. The Lord is about to turn the same scrutiny upon the Christian media in other forms. The Lord will deal with the secular media as well. But it is time for judgment to begin with the threshold or the household of God. 1 Peter 4.17 Christian journalism will soon come under the same kind of judgment that television ministries have been experiencing. There was a period of time when the trust and esteem of televangelists probably sank lower than that of any other professional group, including politicians and lawyers. Just as there are politicians and lawyers who live their lives by the highest standards of integrity, they still must bear the judgment of their profession. This is because there are fundamental roots in these professions that must be corrected. There are likewise many journalists who are sincerely trying to live in the highest standards of truth and integrity but are often trying to do so on a foundation that simply will not support the truth. That is why the foundations are being shaken, so that only that which cannot be shaken will remain. 
We will soon enter a period when Christian magazine journals, newsletters, newspapers will all come under the most intense pressure and scrutiny. The exposers are about to be exposed, and they will receive back the same measure of judgment which they measured out to others. Even those who have tried to be honest and fair, but have been operating on humanistic foundation, will see their foundations collapse. Can this judgment be avoided? The scriptures clearly teach that judgment can be avoided by genuine repentance. We can judge ourselves, lest we be judged. Repentance is more than asking for forgiveness for our wrongs. Repentance is going back to where we missed the turn and getting back on the right road. It is also often includes restitution of the wrongs when there has been injury to others. We must remember that the harvest is the reaping of what has been sown, and in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, Matthew 7, 2. If we have sown unrighteous judgment, then judgment will soon come upon us. If we want to reap grace, we should use every opportunity that we can to sow grace. If we are going to reap mercy, we must use every opportunity to sow mercy. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. It's Galatians 6-7. The Grace of True Authority According to the many examples in the New Testament, there are times when the errors of certain movements or sects must be addressed. The Lord himself warned his disciples, saying, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, Matthew 16, 6. Almost the whole book of Galatians, the major portions of other apostolic letters, were devoted to correcting mistakes in doctrine or action. The main difference here is that those writing these letters had the authority to bring his correction. Much of the reason for so much wrong judgment and even needed correction being given in the wrong spirit or manner is because of the vacuum that exists between those who have been given the authority and have, that have refrained from using it. This does not justify the wrong use of authority or the presumption of those who try to bring correction to the church without having the authority, but it is understandable. We can even appreciate the courage that some have had in addressing issues that no one else would address, but that still does not make it right. Even worse, it puts those courageous people in jeopardy of becoming stumbling blocks. Paul's lament to the Corinthians still applies to the church today. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is judged by you, are you not competent to con constitute the smallest of law of courts? Do you not know that, the, that we shall judge angels? How much more matters of this life? It's 1 Corinthians 6, 2-3. Possibly the main reason that the church is so full of unrighteous judgment is because there is no format or righteous judgment in the church. Until the elders take their proper place in the gates, Churches will continue to be subject to the judgment of the secular media and heresy hunters who, regardless of how well-intentioned they are, sow division and unrighteous judgment that is wounding the body of Christ more than the errors that they seek to expose. The Lord has given mandates to the church that we cannot accomplish without unity. Righteous judgment is one of them. This issue must be addressed by church leaders on every level if we are going to accomplish our mandate for this hour. Unrighteous judgment can be seen as a source of most of the conflicts in the world. Since the church is called to be the light of this world, we should have the answers to the world's problems. How can we help to bring righteous judgment to the world if we cannot even judge ourselves? Because of the many ex excesses of the past, or the tendency for some to presume authority beyond their appointed jurisdiction, 
It is understandable why others tend to shy away from this difficult issue. However, our continued neglect of this basic mandate will prove increasingly costly until we bring righteous judgment to the church. Then, through the church to the world, we will continue to be subject to the unrighteous judgment of the world. We're going to put a halt to it right there. We'll start into part three on next Saturday. Man, again, how do we how do we avoid the judgment? Scripture truly teach the judgment can be avoided by genuine repentance. And I, and I love what it talks about. The repentance is more than just asking for forgiveness. It's more than asking for forgiveness for our wrongs. Repentance is going back to where we missed the turn, going back to where we got off the right path and finding our way back to the right road. Uh, it, it, restitution is a possibility for wrongs that we've done or maybe injuries that we've caused to someone else. Again, what what a powerful scripture passage, what a powerful uh, segment to, to end this, this particular chapter that we must find ourselves in a place of quality judgment. We've, we've got to learn to judge according to the word and it starts by judging ourselves. We must judge ourselves because, again, in the same measure in which we judge, we will also be judged. That same measure will be used against us. I love the fact of talking about sowing mercy and sowing uh, grace, that those are those are components that we really need to, to, to desperately dig into to do correctly. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for following along. Again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to these again. I, I know I kind of stumble through some of these sometimes. It's a lot to try to read all of this um, and, and, and do it correctly. <laughs> I, I'm trying not to have to go back and edit a bunch of things, but uh, go back and listen again. Maybe listen in sequence. Find find each Saturday and, and listen as we progress through there in a sequence that kind of helps you stay on track. Maybe even take notes and things that interest you or something that, that perks your attention uh, as God speaks something new into your heart. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you so much. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for praying for us. Please continue to, to journey with us as we continue to seek out that which is lost so that it may be found. Rhonda and I love you. We're praying for you. We'll talk to you again real soon.